I am a time traveller. If my memory, which was now slowly returning, was right, I was being pulled, stretched through time. But why? I wasn't a skin-turner like Harry Turner, the preacher, Louise or Zoe. I was human. Why had I been stretched back through time to Colorado of 1888, London 1665, 1920s Paris, Germany during the 1940s, and all those other places in times I was now vaguely beginning to remember? I say vaguely because although my memory was coming back, much of what I could remember was still fragmented and broken— and as I stood in the dark in the rain outside Allgate Tube Station and watched the night buses pass, I could remember enough to know I was out of place and time in 2014. I no longer belonged in this time any more than I had in Colorado, Paris, Germany, or any of those other places. But why was I here, and where was I to go now? For as far as I knew or could remember, Harry and the rest of my friends were locked deep beneath a farmhouse on the Swiss mountainside in the 1940s. It was I who had locked them away. I'd become their guardian of sorts. It had become my job to secure them on each full moon so that they couldn't roam the towns and cities, killing the humans who occupied them. But Noah... The old railway man had pushed me into a ravine, sending me back to London, 2014. It was Noah who had pushed me together with Kira Hudson. I now knew Noah was the man who had been pushing me backwards and forwards through time. But why? And as he'd removed his face with the neck of a broken Coca-Cola bottle, he'd said that he had needed to keep pushing me so that I remembered— now that I was remembering, I still didn't have the faintest idea as to why or what reason he might have to keep pushing and pulling me backwards and forwards through time. Was I on some kind of mission? I'd come to believe that I'd been chosen, randomly selected, to be Harry's and the other skin-turner's gatekeeper, to prevent them from escaping on a full moon and wreaking havoc in whatever time they happened to be in. But now... As I made my way back through the drizzle and the dark, through the narrow streets of London to my flat, I began to feel that perhaps there was a greater reason as to why Noah had been pushing me. Where was he now, this old railway man who seemed to know all the answers? Wouldn't it be simpler for him just to tell me the reasons why than to keep stretching me through time? Because each time he did, I felt thinner somehow like a piece of paper that was becoming transparent and frayed about the edges. Turning into the street where I shared rooms with my nymphomaniac flatmate Sally, I flicked what was left of my smouldering cigarette into the rain-filled gutter. I fished the door keys from my coat pocket. With the collar of my coat turned up against the rain, I slid the key into the lock and twisted my wrist to the right. I pushed against the door with my hip, but it was shut fast— the door wouldn't budge an inch, however hard I pushed against it. Stepping back, I looked up at the windows and then back at the door. Had Sally changed the locks? But why would she? Had she had some kind of bust-up with one of the many men that came in a never-ending stream, in and out of a room? Had one of them turned nasty and she'd changed the locks to feel more secure? Placing the key back into my pocket, I made a fist and knocked on the door. 
over the hiss of the driving rain and the constant stream of taxis and buses from the nearby main road, I heard somebody approach the front door from the other side. There was a rattling noise as the catch was lifted and the door was swung slowly open. Standing in the hallway and looking back at me was a woman. I didn't recognize her and was sure we'd never met before. She was in her late twenties with long blonde hair and black roots. Even though the hour wasn't too late, she looked tired as if her sleep had been broken. She wore a t-shirt, pajama bottoms and her feet were bare. Can I help you? she asked me. Who are you? I asked, stepping up to the door. Before I'd had a chance to brush past her and head into the hallway, the woman placed one hand against my arm, stopping me from going any further. She looked a little startled. Where do you think you're going? I looked down at her hand that held my arm and then back at her. I'm going to my room. The woman frowned back at me. Your room. I live here, I said, looking at her as if she was some kind of imbecile. What do you mean? she said, hand forming a tight grip on my arm. I live here. This is my home, and I'd be grateful if you would leave.